I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. As always, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. So today we're going to be talking about uh, compromise. We're going to be talking about the importance of compromise. And and so often when I work with people, and maybe this is you, uh, we, uh, we uh, struggle to find the value of compromise. And maybe you've had that thought yourself, the idea is, okay, you know, what's the value to me of compromising? And this really affects relationships, by the way. The idea being, uh, I've seen a lot of relationships actually where uh, doing for each other, where uh, giving and sharing uh, becomes a battlefield where um, I'm not going to compromise, for example, if this other person doesn't comp- compromise. And so it can really be kind of cancerous in the relationship. The idea, you know, w- when we look at uh, the value to us in compromise, uh, at that point, we're looking at it the wrong way. And so this uh, today in this podcast, we're talking about the importance of compromise. And if you have the thought that, uh, yeah, my partner, my spouse, they really – you know, listen to Fred because uh, they need to learn the importance of compromise. Well, that's that's not exactly what I'm saying. The idea of importance uh, uh, of compromise is for you, and and so you can see the value of it. And the idea, kind of the nuts and bolts of this thing, the baseline, I guess, is that if if there are things that you would like, if there are needs that you have, like appreciation, if there are needs that you have, like cooperation. Uh, those types of things, the most effective way to do that is to be willing to do it yourself. And so we we try to force, we try to push people into our way of, of compromise, and there's going to be resistance. But as you show your willingness to compromise, um, that invites others to uh, be in a place of uh, not defensiveness, but willingness to be open-minded and, and kind of and reciprocate. You know, there's several studies where compromise, smiling, laughing, they're, they're shown to be contagious. And so I think the opposite is the case, too. If you're not in a mood to compromise, it's not really fair to expect that somebody else compromise. And, uh, you know, I've worked with couples that it's kind of, uh, kind of interesting, it's kind of sad at the same time. But uh, they'll say to me or they'll say to each other, I'll compromise when you compromise. Okay, so it becomes this standoff. It becomes this power struggle. And what is said when we don't compromise? Okay, so the importance of compromise, the opposite of that, the importance of compromising, what it says is so much more than willing to take a look at an issue or whatever shared in common. When we are compromising, what we're saying is that our partner, whoever it is, we value their perspective. We value their wants, their needs, their desires. 
and that uh, although our our needs and desires are important, compromise says that they're no more important than somebody else's. And uh, what that does is it creates kind of a fair, open playing field. And what we're after with compromise, by the way, is reciprocation. And so if you're compromising, you're inviting uh, your partner to reciprocate, kind of like the contagious laugh and smile. Uh, if you're smiling, laughing, and so forth, then you're inviting others to reciprocate. And honestly, you're making it safe for them to reciprocate because th- they see that, indeed, you're willing to compromise. But uh, like I said just a minute ago, uh, we can kind of uh, be in our foxhole with our grenades, and, and I could say, hey, you know, put out the white flags, come on out. And uh w- one partner or the other or both are saying, you know, I'll compromise when when my partner compromises. Well, right there, we just sent the message that compromise won't happen because we're not willing to compromise, if that makes sense. Okay, by by being willing to hear your partner, by being willing to compromise, you're initiating that process. Now, compromise, by the way, it doesn't mean giving in. It doesn't mean submitting uh, to somebody else's will. But it does mean that you and your partner take consideration for both perspectives. And uh, compromise, sometimes it it means give and take, right? It means that uh, you're not admitting that your perspective or your need is wrong, but you're going to compromise your need for the benefit of your partner. And and also, you know, the idea is that they do the same. Now, you can't make your partner compromise. Sometimes uh, people overcompromise. I work with a lot of people with depression and anxiety, and uh, one of their frustrations is they feel like nobody is willing to compromise with them. But on that end of things, what they're actually doing is they compromise so much that their idea of compromise cannot be maintained by other people. In other words, they're giving in too much. They're putting themselves aside too much, and they call that compromise. And then when somebody doesn't return in that same fashion, uh, they feel like their partner doesn't work with them. In reality, you need to be mindful that, hey, there's compromise, but then there's over-compromise. There's, there's giving in. There's, uh, there's uh, you know, falling back on, on your thoughts and ideas too quickly. So compromise, it's this idea. It's contagious. It is uh, when you're willing to compromise, what it says is that you're willing to put your partner's uh, thoughts and feelings and, and likes and dislikes equal to your own, and it invites them to be reasonable as well. The other thing about compromise that's pretty cool, you know, we've talked about you've, you, a lot of people, a big word that hasn't been around for a while is synergy. Um, it can be kind of an awkward feeling, actually, but compromise creates that bond. It creates that synergy. When we compromise, that we start to trust that um, our wants and needs and desires are at least going to be taken into account. And like uh, anything you do, if you've ever done service or anything like that, there's this feeling that that, uh, kind of synergy that comes together where um, you can be excited about the activity or the thing that you've compromised on because you feel the love, you feel the support, uh, especially uh, knowing that your partner or spouse may not otherwise want to go to that concert or what have you. But as they compromise, it's a message of love and understanding and patience saying, hey, you know, I would uh, 
uh, I'm willing to give up those things that are important to me and compromise and go do this thing with you because I know it's important. And then that's an invitation, obviously, to reciprocate. So one thing we want to be very careful about, and this kind of goes back to, you know, kind of this power struggle, is uh, we we, uh, get to a place where we feel like we deserve uh, certain things and that uh, we don't have to compromise unless the other one does. And then, the, and then you know, um, the battle lines are drawn. And, and really, that's where trust really starts to deteriorate. As a matter of fact, uh, negative trust, I don't know if I've talked about that on a podcast, but negative trust is, is this idea that I can predict a negative response. So I can trust that my partner is not going to um, uh, you know, cooperate with me. They're not going to compromise. And so what that does is we withhold our compromise as kind of a retaliation and anger, frustration, and so forth builds up. And so then we start to trust. Remember, trust is based on the knowledge, right? Trust is based on how much you know about somebody. And so if you get a larger knowledge base that your partner's not going to uh, cooperate with you, right? Then you start to trust, negatively that they're not going to so i can predict that they won't okay so i can trust that i'm not that i can't trust somebody i can trust that they're not going to cooperate with me um you know um give and take that type of thing and so when you are uh withholding when you are not willing to uh work with a partner be mindful that you're you're building a knowledge base that says you know what um my needs are are uh, they're going to trump yours or they're more important to me than than yours. When when you do work with a with your partner, you do uh, establish this give and take. Now you're building a knowledge base that says, although my needs are important and I want you to respect them, I'm I am also willing to uh, respect your needs and and uh, share and uh, cooperate with you as well. And so the idea is that's where the bonds start to build. You're more willing to acquiesce and 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 uh, go and, and do something with a partner because you know you start to trust that, that they'll do the same. So we're going to take a break for just a minute. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about having this cohesive relationship uh, through sharing, uh, being open-minded about uh, each other's experience and supporting each other. Welcome back to Counseling on Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Today we've been talking about compromise a little bit, especially in terms of uh, relationship, in terms of uh, uh, intimate uh, relationship, more significant relationship. You know, compromise, it's really kind of this language. uh, It's kind of this behavior and language that uh, really allows us to feel and learn to grow close to each other, learn about each other, and uh, build good experiences. You know, so often, we, like I was saying before, we kind of put our foot down and we, we don't want to compromise with certain things. And what we find is we actually lose parts of our partner because compromise, what it does is it allows us to learn and see things that we otherwise wouldn't participate in. And oftentimes uh, we find, and I, my clients find that when they do compromise, they actually find uh, that uh, that activity they compromise in is is actually something that they quite like. So in the relational 
aspect, especially the significant relationship. Uh, compromise is something that uh, is very valuable. It's very powerful. It allows you to be able to trust that uh, your needs and your partner's needs are going to be met, uh, especially without this contention, without, uh, uh, you know, the need to kind of protect yourself from, you know, the hurt of others by not meeting your needs. Now, in terms in terms of uh, other people, in terms of working uh, cooperatively outside of a relationship, um, that's, that's a, a very powerful thing as well. You know, uh, when I was in college, I uh, was asked, or I had a, a writing assignment, and the writing assignment was a, it was an argumentative paper, and uh, I was I I thought I did really well in, on this paper. I was arguing that Michael Jordan was the best basketball player ever, and uh, so my uh, professor, to make a point, uh, she she gave uh, my great piece of Michael Jordan artwork, the great arguments I made. She gave that back to me. She may have used lipstick. I'm not sure, but there was a gigantic F on there, and I was very confused and. And uh, she says, why should I even listen to or read to uh, your argument? Um, you're wanting me to think. And you're wanting me to compromise. Well, you know, take a look at my beliefs about who the best player is. And she used Carl Malone as an example. And I, I told her that's easy. You know, he doesn't stand a chance, that type of thing. But she said, but if you don't compromise and listen to the the uh, possible perspectives of other people, then your point will will be uh, dismissed, and and they will you know they won't be valued as well. So when you're working not just with a partner, but when you're working, you're at work, you're um, anywhere really. Compromise is this ability to kind of give and take. It's this ability to uh, essentially get your needs met by demonstrating that the needs of others are important as well. Again, we're avoiding that standoff. I've had several experiences in the emergency room and so forth where if I didn't choose to compromise um, uh, patients and so forth, things would have really um, gotten out of control. So the idea is uh, sometimes compromise is smart. Even if you don't value that activity or you don't value what that person at work thinks or what have you, you're going to take a look at it. Compromise means I'm going to take a look at it. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, exactly do that thing. But what that does is it, it really puts you in a position where people see you as someone that's willing, that's reasonable. And so when you ask of them, they're going to see you as someone that's asking something reasonable. So compromise, you know, when we're when we're infants, there's this uh, idea of cooperative play. Cooperative play is learning, you know, this is where you t- tell your child to let the other child uh, take the Lego or whatever. That's the I, that's the first um, kind of the training ground for compromise, the give and take, that is, if something's important to you, then you can share it with somebody else because it's likely important to them as well. So that's the early kind of training ground. And uh, the idea is that we then go through life learning how to compromise in your relationships, in, in your social networks and so forth. I'm going to encourage you to really take a look at if you don't feel like people are compromising with you, for example, rather than waiting to compromise with them, I want you to see if you can kind of foster this idea of shared ideas, of shared experiences, of of getting your needs met too by first acknowledging and compromising for uh, those that you love and those that you come in contact with. So that's that's a good idea on compromise. Uh, give it some practice, and, and I, I guarantee you as you give 
more, you know, with boundaries, don't give too much. But as you open up your mind a little bit and take a look at other people's perspectives, uh, you'll see that uh, they're more inclined to do that with you as well. I am Fred Riley. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. You can find uh, me online at gettingbacktolife.com. That's getting back the number two life.com.